Welcome to the Ole Law Podcast. This podcast interrogates technology and the law with a focus on issues such as access to the internet, social media, privacy, data protection, cybersecurity, and cybercrimes. On this podcast, I also occasionally discuss matters on the rule of law and constitutionalism in Kenya. Many thanks to all of you for listening, for your feedback, and for sharing previous episodes. I am your host and my name is Mugambi Laibuta. Some of the issues discussed here may be accessed on my website www.laibuta.com L-A-I-B-U-T-A.com Thank you so much for your continued support. Recently, three draft regulations under the Data Protection Act were published for public participation on the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner's website. The three regulations are the Data Protection General Regulations 2021 to be enacted by the Cabinet Secretary in charge of ICT, the Data Protection Registration of Data Controllers and Data Processors Regulations 2021, to be enacted by the Data Protection Commissioner and the Data Protection Compliance and Enforcement Regulations 2021 to be enacted by the Data Protection Commissioner. These drafts are a welcome step towards operationalization of the Data Protection Act. As we all know, the Data Protection Act came into force in November 2019, but lacked regulations, guidelines, And also, the Data Protection Commission has been in office for just over four months. But before delving into these regulations, making an analysis of them, I want to first look at what does the Data Protection Act provide in terms of regulations. I will start, for example, with Section 36 that uh, provides that it is for the cabinet secretary in charge of ICT to make regulations, to make provision for safeguards of uh, data subjects' rights, the rights of data, the freedoms of data subjects, any legitimate interest that may be there in relation to decisions based on automated processing. But the myth of um, the powers of the cabinet secretary to come up with regulations generally is under Section 71 of the Data Protection Act, where it says that um, the cabinet secretary may come up with regulations, for example, to provide for the requirements that are imposed on data controllers or data processors when processing data, mechanisms for conducting certification programs, the content uh, which a notice or registration by a data controller should contain, information that uh, should be provided to a data subject, levying of fees uh, or taking of charges, uh, measurement of safeguards, a data subject's rights, freedoms and legitimate interests, processing of data through a data server in Kenya or outside Kenya. So this is a localization, data localization provision. Some people call it data residency, data localization, where the cabinet secretary may say, All data that is processed in Kenya should be in Kenya. But we will look at what do the draft regulations say. The cabinet secretary is also to come up with regulations for issuing and approval of codes of practice and guidelines under the Data Protection Act. In practice, around the world, in relation to data protection, data protection authorities come up with codes of practice and guidelines. This is sort sort of a soft law approach that guides data controllers, data processors and data subjects and the data protection authority in what they should do. The act talks about these practice notes and guidelines. For example, section 31 of the act says the data commissioner is to set out guidelines for carrying out data protection impact assessments. Section 35, it is the cabinet secretary in consultation with the data commissioner to prescribe guidelines for commercial use of data. Section 74, the data commissioner in relation to codes, guidelines, and certification. 
the data commissioner to issue guidelines on codes of practice for data controllers and data processors and data protection officers uh, to offer data protection certification standards, for example, data protection uh, seal marks. This is to encourage greater compliance with the law. Also, the data commission has come up with guidelines in relation to consultation with the various uh, stakeholders. Section 18 uh, says that uh, the commissioner is to prescribe thresholds required for mandatory registration of data controllers and data processors. Section 50 talks about that it is the cabinet secretary to prescribe what happens uh, in relation to processing of data, whether in a server within Kenya or outside Kenya. Section 47 talks about the data commissioner may prescribe how categories of personal data may be classified. Section 52, the data commissioner to prescribe a code of conduct in relation to practice of uh, journalism, literature, and uh, art. Section 54, data commissioner may prescribe other instances where co compliance of the act may be exempted. And section 55, data commissioner may issue a data sharing code. Now, Listeners, you'll see that the Act talks about regulations, talks about codes, talks about guidelines and prescriptions. It's a very different uh, terms to, on different items that are very key in relation to regulation or oversight in, of data protection in Kenya. And the Act accords powers to both the Cabinet Secretary and the Data Protection Commissioner. But on regulations, it's only the CS, the Cabinet Secretary, who is mentioned. Act is very expressed. The Cabinet Secretary may come up with the regulations that I have cited um, a few moments ago. But nowhere in the Act does it provide that the Data Protection Commissioner may come up with regulations. So this brings up an interpretation um, issue that might seem simple. Is it right, is it within the Data Protection Act for the Data Protection Commissioner to come up with regulations? Or should the Data Protection Commissioner only come up with codes, guidelines, and prescriptions? Could the Data Protection Commissioner say that the codes, guidelines, and prescriptions are in the form of regulations. This is a messy affair where there are two centers of power regarding regulations of data protection in Kenya. As you've heard uh, a few moments ago, the Act provides for a role of the Cabinet Secretary in charge of ICT and a role for the Data Protection Commissioner in coming up with regulations, codes, guidelines, and prescriptions. In my considered opinion, the act should be amended and remove the CS, remove any powers that the cabinet secretary has been accorded under the act should be removed. And those powers to come up with regulations, codes, guidelines, and prescriptions be accorded to the data protection commissioner. Because as crafted, it is clear that the law, by its wording, the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner is not fully independent. It relies on certain action by the Cabinet Secretary in charge of ICT. There will be legal contestation on the basis of the enactment of these regulations by either the Cabinet Secretary or Data Protection Commissioner. And if the Act, as I say, doesn't mention that the ODPs, the Data Protection Commissioner can issue guidelines, then what will be the status of any regulations that may be enacted or signed by the Data Protection Commissioner? In other jurisdictions, codes, regulations, guidelines on data protection are purely 100% the preserve of the Data Protection Regulatory Authority. 
in Kenya, that regulatory authority under the Data Protection Act is the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner that is headed by the Data Protection Commissioner. Now let's have a look, a brief look at these draft regulations. The first one, the Data Protection General Regulations 2021 that will be enacted by the Cabinet Secretary in charge of ICT. These regulations do a great job in terms of elaborating issues of consent by the data subject and collection of the data of personal data. It elaborates further on data access requests, it prescribes a form for data requests, and it indicates situations where a data request may be denied. For example, I may wish to know what kind of personal data a certain institution has regarding me. So my personal data held in a certain institution. So there's a form I need to fill, take it to this institution, perhaps a fee may be paid, but it may be denied. For example, it says if giving access to this uh, data will result in threat to life, health or safety of a data subject, or to public health or public safety, I don't know how me getting my data may be a threat to life, health, or safety, but it is there under the draft regulations. It says giving access will impact on the privacy of other data subjects. That makes sense. That uh, the request of access is frivolous and vexatious. Here, uh, lawyers and their words, frivolous and vexatious, these are words that are basically used in the courtroom. We need to remember that the right to the Data Protection Act and these regulations are to expressly protect Article 31 of the Constitution on the right to privacy. Then it also says you may be denied your access if it's, the access will be unlawful. The question is, when would it be unlawful for me to get data relating to me? Or denial of access is authorized by a court order? Uh, that makes sense. So these are some of the issues that we need to think through uh, in relation to denial of access of personal data. The draft regulations also talked about talk about issues of rectification of personal data. So if, if there are errors in relation to your personal data, that may be rectified. It provides uh, for portability that, for example, if you wish to, access, uh, to get your data in machine-readable uh, form or in hard copy form, that may grant it. Uh, to you. It also provides for the right of erasure uh, of data. I was thinking, the right to erasure, does it also fall under the right to be forgotten? You know, in the EU, there's this concept of the right to be forgotten, where, for example, if there's historical information about me on the internet, and if somebody Googles me find that information, I may apply to the courts to ensure that Google does not make that information available. So perhaps Kenyans may explore the issue of erasure of data to bring about the right to be forgotten. Something fantastic about these regulations is that it elaborates the issue of commercial use of data. You and I have received these unsolicited SMSs that are marketing services, marketing products, so what these draft regulations do is, one, they define um, the modes of uh, direct marketing. For example, if you're sending a, a catalog to an individual, advertisement, whether a data subject is logged uh, to a website or not, sending electronic messages to an individual about the sale or advertisement of, uh, of whatever nature. What is important on this draft regulations provide is that the features for opt-out that now it will be very clear in the regulations that any person who wishes to send this direct marketing messaging to individuals they should provide an opt-out message where that opt-out provision should be very clear should be a simplified process should be free should be at no 
at no cost. And that the requests by an individual to have this direct marketing stopped must be adhered to by that individual or that institution that is carrying out that direct marketing. I think this is brilliant. This is fantastic. Another issue is the general draft regulations provide for sharing of personal data. But the Act says that it is the Data Protection Commissioner who is to come up with a data sharing code. So the question, why is it that the Cabinet Secretary in charge of ICT has prescribed that in the general regulations? It also provides the regulations, the draft regula- general regulations provide for de- the content of a data protection policy of an institution, of a data processor or a data controller. But they say nothing about data protection notices. It is very important, while being very clear on what may be contained in a data protection policy of a data controller, also to be very clear on the data protection notices. What is the content or nature of uh, the data protection notices? That is the notices that you give to the public about what, how you are going to collect the data, how you are going to process uh, this data, for what purpose are you going to share this data. The regulations are also great in that they provide for content of agreements between data controllers and data processors. But there is a gap there. They do not provide for what kind of agreements, what kind of roles, duties, and obligations will be there where we have co-controllers and co-processors. So this is a gap I believe should be addressed. On the matter of data localization or data residency, the draft uh, regulation 25 on requirement of for specified processing of data to be done in uh, Kenya, where it says that uh, pursuant to Article 50, a data controller or a data processor who processes data for purposes of actualizing a public good, then they are required to A, that such processing is effected through a server or data center located in Kenya. But B says at least one copy of the past concerned personal data is stored in a data center located in Kenya. So it says the processing mm, should happen through a server or a data center located in Kenya. But B, 25B, draft regulation 25B says that at least one copy should be stored in a data center located in Kenya. So that does this mean that yes, you must process the data in Kenya, but you can store the data outside there? Because it says one copy must be in Kenya. It means there can be other copies outside there. That is a bit confusing and uh, requires uh, some clarification. And the public purpose processing of data that must be processed within servers in Kenya and that a copy must be in Kenya, for example, on issues of civil registration, births, deaths, adoption, ETC, issues of the population register, uh, managing data relating to education in Kenya, primary and secondary education, the conduct of elections in the country. I found this comical because we all remember in 2017 in the presidential election petition where some of the council representing IBC will say, but the servers are in France. So this regulation, it means that those servers then must be in Kenya. The processing of election data must be done within Kenya. It also says uh, revenue administration uh, data must be processed in Kenya, processing of data for health purpose. So these are things that really practically may provide a challenge, especially in terms of profitability of businesses or institutions uh, carrying out this kind of uh, processing. Then 
on requirement for transfer, prior transfer, so the regulations say before you transfer the data outside Kenya, then the recipient of the personal data should be bound by obligations in relation to standards of data protection that are comparable to the Data Protection Act and this um, regulation, that the data subject has consented to that transfer, that reasonable measures have been undertaken to ensure that the, the data is going to be used for its intended purpose, the purpose it was consented, it was consented for. And that there may be some exemptions there, so that may be tricky uh, in terms of uh, implementation. And that it says that uh, how do you ensure that the appropriate safeguards where you're transferring uh, data outside uh, Kenya? One of the issues is that Despite the provisions of these regulations that cross-border transfer may not allow restrictions, where the transfer imposes a restriction on trade. I found this curious before because Kenya is negotiating trade agreements, for example, with the US, those the trade uh, agreements uh, with the UK. So if the regulations say that um, these requirements may provide, may have some restriction on trade, then allow it. Bear in mind that multinational companies that collect a lot of our data, the Google, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, are based in the U.S. So if there's a trade agreement that says, no, 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 your data protection act is restricting our trade, will the cabinet secretary allow for that? Then also curious is um, draft regulation 41, which says that uh, how to know that a country has safeguards is, for example, if a country has ratified the African Union Convention on Cybersecurity and personal data protection, then you may transfer data to that country. Interesting fact is that Kenya has not ratified the African Union Convention on Cybersecurity and Personal Data Protection. So how do you expect other countries to have ratified it and comply uh, and comply with that? But there's also the issue of uh, you may transfer data to jurisdiction that have a reciprocal data protection agreement with Kenya. That is good. That it means an adequacy agreement. Perhaps the data commissioner or the cabinet secretary may initiate. You see the problem, cabinet secretary, data commissioner, messy situation. That there is an adequacy agreement. Now, regulation 46, I think this is a heavy one because it talks about provisions on exemptions under the Act. And it says that the cabinet secretary, that a controller or data processor who processes personal data for national security and wishes to be exempt on that ground may apply to the cabinet secretary for exemption. National security has been a thorn in the flesh in terms of protection and promotion of fundamental rights and freedoms in Kenya. In fact, in 2010, in one of the draft constitutions that had been taken for publication, one of the justification for restriction of fundamental rights and freedom that had been inserted and procedurally was on the aspect of national security. And that application is to be made to the cabinet secretary. This gives a carte blanche, in my view, to the cabinet secretary to allow for surveillance, especially state surveillance, that I think needs to be rectified. The gaps that are there in these general regulations, other gaps, uh, it doesn't specify mechanism for conducting of certification programs in relation to data protection. It doesn't talk about the levying of fees and taking of charges. In fact, some of the regu draft regulations that are to be enacted by the data commissioner provides for 
levying of fees and taking of charges. While the Act says those are regulations that are to be enacted by the Cabinet Secretary. It also doesn't provide these general regulations, don't provide for the process of issuing and approvals of code of practice and guidelines. Because if the data commissioner is to come up with codes of practice and guidelines, there must be a process to come up with those draft guidelines. And the Act says it is for the Cabinet Secretary to provide guidelines for such, but that is still lacking. Let's look at the next draft regulations, the Data Protection Registration of Data Controllers and Data Processors Regulations 2021. So this one is provides that now what, who should register, why they should register, and says that how to determine data controllers and data processors, I mean that somebody is a data registered as a data controller if that person determines the purpose and means of processing data or a data processor if that person processes personal data on behalf of a data controller but it excludes uh, employees or a, or the data controller has a contractual relationship or the employee or the data processor have a contractual uh, relationship. There is a form for the application uh, for the registration and this form has issues such as the general details, address, the name of the institution, etc. But key is that it provides, you need to provide description of uh, the personal data that you are to process, the categories of uh, data subjects that you are to get personal data from, uh, the purposes for processing that personal data, any recipient to whom you may share this uh, uh, personal data. Interestingly, it talks about also registration by a public body that except for state corporations or county corporations, a public body at either national or county uh, that operates within the state department or a county department that is funded by the exchequer will be required to register in the manner provided under this uh, act and that they shall pay fees. It will be interesting to see these statutory bodies at both national and county levels registering with the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner and paying the fees. One regulation, one draft regulations that I find problematic on this mandatory registration is draft regulation 12 that says a data controller or a data processor whose turnover is below 5 million shillings or whose annual revenue is below 5 million shillings and empl employs less than 10 people is exempt from mandatory registration under these regulations. This brings some potential challenge for SMEs because if you employ more than 10 people and you process, you take, <laughs> you collect personal data. So let's say you're a hardware shop your hardware shop has 15 employees. You collect data about those employees for different purposes, for purposes of taxation, for payment of benefits, ETC. It means you must register with the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner. I believe these thresholds really need to be refined to have those data controllers and data processors that really have a high impact on the fundamental rights and freedoms of an individual in relation to their rights to privacy and their right to data protection. More Registering just uh, an institution, with, so just because they have more than 10 people, I find that problematic. But it also says, the draft regulation says that uh, there are certain sectors where you must register with the Data Protection Commissioner. One that I found curious is canvassing political support among the electorate. If you are an, a candidate in an election, you must register with the Data Protection Commissioner. So I'm wondering, so all this, let's say in 2022, next year, or whatever the, the elections will be, we have 10,000 candidates. All of them must register with the Office of the Data Protection Commissioner. 
it says credit bureaus if you are operating cctv system for de- if you are carrying out a business of data administration if you are in gaming and betting provision of education now look at this how many schools in kenya provide education from early childhood education to basic education to secondary education to tertiary education will the data protection commissioner's office even have the capacity to register all this it says if you're in health administration if you're in hospitality if you're in insurance if you're faith-based how many churches are there in kenya if you're in retirement benefits if you're in property management i don't know why that is here if you provide financial uh, services telecommunication yes that needs to be registered if you provide internet access if you are a transport service uh, firm so all matatus must be registered with the office of the data protection commissioner hmm, interesting all public bodies if you deal with issues uh, relating to genetic data these regulations say you must register Another curious provision and uh, is the draft regulation 9 which says that a data controller or a data processor shall display the certificate of registration and any change of particulars in a conspicuous place at the principal place of business or on its official website and a certified copy at each branch this really is relegating it to these trade licenses because and it says the data commissioner may impose an administrative fine if you do not comply if you do not display this registration certificate then you may be fined the odpc the office of the data protection commissioner will also charge you to approve your data protection impact assessment it say that will be 15000 shillings um if you require compliance support it just says it will be determined by scope doesn't say how much you see if you if you are raising revenue from the public that revenue must be clearly defined an individual should be in a position to predict how much that will be but if he says the audit fee will be determined by scope the third party due diligence fee will be determined by scope then it means that the office of the data commissioner may just decide to issue whatever amount of money that they saw so there's lack of certainty in that and as i said earlier in terms of levying of fees and charges it is the cabinet secretary who should issue regulations on that but here we are finding that it is the data protection commissioner that is proposing issuance of these levies a legal problem may arise in the coming days if this is to be enacted then finally we have the data protection compliance and enforcement regulations 2021 that provide for complaint handling procedure i think it is great that this is here now but it omits one specific and important aspect in relation to dispute resolution process in data protection management that is it omits to talk about internal dispute resolution mechanism within data controllers and data processor this is something that needs to be included other gaps are also about elements of self regulations data protection regulation around the world has a lot to do with self regulations that is why data protection laws talk about codes uh, practice codes they talk about um, guidelines because this is industries that come up with this industries should come up with their own codes then a gap in this the three regulations it has not provided for specific guidelines relating to data protection officers i think that is quite a big gap also on section 4 of the act that talks about section 4 of the data protection act is basically the jurisdiction clause that talks about where the act applies for processing of uh, data if uh, entering a record or uh, 
through automated or non-automated means if the data controller or data processor is established or um, ordinary re resident in Kenya uh, processes personal data while in Kenya or not established in Kenya but processes personal data data subject located in Kenya it is important through regulation that we clarify what about these large data controllers or data processors that are not established or ordinary re resident in Kenya should they be mandated to have an office in Kenya or should they designate an officer in Kenya, which could be a law firm, for example, something to ponder about. Also in the acts, not in the regulations, something that I feel we need to revisit is the administrative fines. The penalty notices is up to 5 million shillings in case of an undertaking or one percent, or in the case of an undertaking, up to 1% of its annual turnover of the preceding financial year, whichever is lower. The GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation of the EU usually talks about whichever is higher. But in Kenya, it talks about whichever is lower. Now look at it this way. If you are to find, let's say, Facebook, Google, these big that make billions of dollars every year, and they have made massive breaches in relation to the Data Protection Act. Like recently, there were revelations that there was a massive data leak about personal data on Facebook. If you find Facebook, 5 million shillings. Is that adequate? It is not. Then I believe there should be a structure. I propose a structure within which there should be a window period for data controllers and data processors to comply with the Data Protection Act. For example, the window period for the GDPR was two years. It is important for the Cabinet Secretary and the Data Protection Commissioner to see what will be an up window period because enacting these regulations immediately may bring about some challenges. So these draft regulations are welcome. They are a good step forward, but we still have a long way in ensuring proper data protection regulation in Kenya. That is all for this episode. Thank you for listening, for comments and feedback on this episode or previous episodes. I am on Twitter at OLEZ. My email is mugambi at libute.com. Until next time, goodbye, kwaheri, and asante sana.